Hello and welcome to Spotlight 32. Today we have the honor of talking to A1C London Thompson Merriman. Hello. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, we'd like to start off with a little bit of personal intro. What is good for us to know about you? One thing I like kind of leading things off with is I got to join the Air Force on the Air Force's birthday. I, That's cool. Okay. Yeah, I shipped out of MEPS on September 19th. So I, w I always like talking about that, like how cool is it that I, I share my Air Force birthday with the Air Force's birthday. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Um, some other things about me. Uh, yeah, I'm, as with most people in our squadron, I am a one and two Charlie. Um, although I, I've always really wanted to do a more cyber mission. Like I currently I'm in school for cybersecurity. I'm getting my degree at Liberty University and I, would hope to this once our um, cross training window opens up. Uh -huh. I want to try and cross train into one Bravo Four, which is like yeah, yeah, offensive computer hacking. Um, that's really what I want to do as a lifelong career, and I'm hoping that I can kick that off in the Air Force. So I haven't done any of that kind of stuff personally, but does is that something that you think is going to be how you think it's going to be in your mind? Does that make sense? Uh, what, like, like, like the day to day. Do you think that you're going to be doing what it is that you think it is, or do you think that you kind of have maybe a different picture of what it might be? I, that's something I, I think about with a lot of my jobs. What I take, like. Um, I really didn't think I was going to be doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> right. uh, I didn't think it was going to be what, what it is that I'm doing. Um, a lot of, you know, downtime and just, you know, doing what we do. I'll keep it super big. Um, so I, I just wonder if you have uh, an idea of what it is that you'll be doing when you're doing cyber offense or defense um, versus what it's going to actually be like sitting down and trying to knock it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know on, at least for the civilian side of things, I've had the opportunity to talk to uh, people about it. And it a lot of it's, a lot of the day today is just monitoring um, if you're more on the defense side. Wow. And I think a misconception that a lot of people have, like from movies and stuff, is that Hacking is super intense and really quick, and it's really not. Um, as for if I were doing this in the Air Force, I don't really know exactly how that would look like. I yeah. know there are opportunities to actually sit in on these operations, okay. but they haven't been doing that with COVID going around. Um, sure. But once things open back up, I'm hoping that I can sit in on one of the operations that they do. Okay. So you talked about um, going to school for this and how you want to do offense specifically. So are you looking at like white hat kind of hacking or something or um, what is it you're ultimately trying to, to get into with this? Yeah, uh, definitely white hat. I, I do not intend on doing any black hat. Hacking. <laughs> um, okay. But uh, I think it would be really cool to do some red team stuff. Um, so let's let's go back for one second. I just I realized that some people may not know the difference between like white hat, black hat, red team. Could you give me a little description of both to your knowledge? Yeah. So white hat is you usually work for a company. Uh, your job is to help a company find flaws in their computer systems and help them fix it before people with ill intent find these flaws and the people with ill intent would be black hat hackers people yeah. who hack for money or notoriety uh, personal gain for the most part mm -hmm. um, 
in the news recently is the hacker group anonymous for yep um hacking or claiming to have hacked the Minneapolis Police Department in retaliation for George George Floyd's death um mm-hmm. I would say that's probably the most well-known like black hack group um basically white hats the good guys black hats the bad guys in terms of red and blue team a uh, red team is someone who would or a group of people who would um be actively trying to hack into like a company and that might include digital hacks or um employing like social engineering trying to actually physically break into a company uh of the blue team on the other side of things yeah yeah focusing on defending against that sort of thing like they would yeah, like red is kind of attack, blue is kind of defense. Yeah, 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 exactly. So now we have it taken care of. Um, you want to do the attack side? Yes. That's awesome. I a while ago, before I joined up, um, I went. I found online that there was. Um, have you ever heard of Extra Life? Extra Life, the um, like the real life simulator thing. No, no. So Extra Life is different. It's a charity um, organization. And okay. what they do is they have people who do all sorts of um, entertainment type stuff they generally stream. So you have people playing board games or video games or doing some kind of like a challenge or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And they do it all so that they can raise awareness and then all the money goes towards children's hospitals. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, so I did that one year um, with a big tech company in San Francisco. I say big, not like incredibly big, just, yeah, (laughs) the tech company over there. What's that? Yeah, a company out there. Yeah, one of the the tech companies out there. Um, I paid like, I don't know, like 75 bucks or something like that. And they let me stay there for, it's a whole 24 hours that you do this for, 24 hours straight. all the food was provided, all the, everything was provided. They had like gift bags and stuff like that. Um, they had people who had like, um, like a VR set up in one room. They had computer space for everybody. They had dedicated rooms for everything. Anyways, I talked to um, a lot of people there that I yeah. would have never had the opportunity to talk to. And one of them was um, someone who worked for Hacker One. Oh, cool. And I told her about my plans to join the Air Force and how at the time I was very interested in the same stuff you're talking about now. And she has said, well, if we're joining the Air Force, 100% do that. Like, you know, go and serve and do your thing if that's what you want to do. But also we have, you know, we hire a lot of that stuff too. So that's uh, definitely something to look into for you. Cool. Yeah. And you said it was Extra Life that does this? It was Extra Life who I did the event through, but the person that I met, I wish I remember her name, um, but she worked for Hacker One. Hacker One, okay. Yep. But they were really cool. They, it, you know, she was a very down to earth person. Um, yeah, I would totally check that out if I were you. Okay, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll definitely look into that. Yeah. So, along with that, how is school going? Are you you know, how far are you through school so far? Um, let's see. I don't have like the exact numbers. Um, I think I'm technically a sophomore. Okay. Um, so I guess like two, not quite half of the way through. Yeah. Somewhere between a quarter and half of the way through. Okay. Um, it's been a little weird lately, uh, with COVID. Um, but I, I've been taking strictly online classes, which personally I enjoy online classes. Like I feel it's it can go more at my own pace. Um, uh-huh. Like I just I'm given something that I need to do, and they tell me when it needs to be done by, mm-hmm. and I just have that time to take care of it. So it, I kind of like having not quite as much structure in the learning environment. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to be told to sit down and 
shut up while someone lectures you forever. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I understand that. Um, so with that whole game plan, is it looking like a single contract for you um, as far as your time in the Air Force? Are you going to go any further than that? It depends. Um, I think a lot of it factors on whether or not I get the cross train that I'm hoping to get into yeah, yeah. one bar before. Um, I think, yeah, that's probably the biggest factor. Um, another factor would be if for whatever reason, I don't have my degree completed by the end of my contract, then I would definitely reenlist so that I can uh, finish out my degree on the Air Force's dime. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, other than that, like, I mean, that's still uh, over four years for me. So um, right now it's largely uh, I'll cross that bridge when I get there type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, But I, in, I'm inclined to think that I'll probably be in re-enlisting regardless because um, it's uh, it my like personal dream is to someday open up my own cybersecurity firm. And that's probably not something that's super realistic. If I got out and tried to do at the end of this contract, I feel like staying in would provide me more technical and life skills and I would be better set up uh, if I stayed in rather than if I got out after my first contract. Okay. When you open up your own company, are you hoping to do that um, white hack for businesses or are you looking to do like home systems, installing, you know, VPNs and whatnot for people or how do you plan doing that? I think I've always kind of thought about as I would contract out to different businesses, um, which, now that in recent years, I feel like uh, companies have been more open to hiring in-house when it comes to uh, cybersecurity. So I don't know how that will look down the line. Um, but that's, yeah, working for companies is always how I've envisioned that kind of work for me. Okay. I uh, I definitely see that. I have a few family members who are um, who do contracting work, and that's definitely how it is. And the connection is very important. Okay, I am back. I am sorry about that. Yeah, it's fine. I have a uh, semi-crying baby in my arms now, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. What were we just talking about? Um. Um. Yeah, you know, actually, let's um, let's just transition. We'll make it clean. Um, right. Where are you from? I am from Minnesota. Okay, where in Minnesota? I'm not uh, familiar, but just for context. Yeah, uh, I moved around a lot in Minnesota, but I consider Brooklyn Park to be my hometown. There, it's just slightly northwest of the Twin Cities. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, what is, so I've never been, give me the, the spiel on Minnesota. Um, I always like to bring out or bring up the fact that Minnesota has more, uh, shoreline than California just because of how many lakes we have. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I, the, the lakes are, I really love the lakes up there. Uh, every year I used to go camping up in the Boundary Waters, which is northern Minnesota, um, right up to the Canadian border, starting from around the uh, latitude that Lake Superior meets. Uh, there's a city called Duluth, and then there's, it's right across the border from Wisconsin, and that up is Superior National Forest, and on the top half of Superior National Forest is Boundary Waters, and um, you would 
drive up to an entry point and the you would have a canoe and all of your camping gear for usually about a week and you would canoe across a lake to a path and then you would carry all of your gear across the path to another lake and keep going until you find a camping spot uh-huh. um, and you would it's called portaging you'd portage around to different campsites for a week and then circle back to your entry point um and that's i missed that the most from minnesota uh, except for my family of course um, that's awesome though I, i've never like I've, I've done backpacking trips not to that extent though where you're just kind of you know going around i've always had some kind of a, a plan of where i was going um yeah. So does that make you a hiker or like a fisher, a hunter? What is it you like to do out there besides just the camping? Um, I'll, I'll definitely go fishing a lot. Um, although fishing for me is more about like relaxing out on the water. I don't really care if I catch anything or not. I just okay. like being out in the water, relaxing. Um, I usually bring a book with me um, if we spend a day at a campsite. Uh, lots of swimming um but yeah the hiking just kind of like the feeling that i'm roughing it is i think where most of my enjoyment for being up there comes from okay so let's talk about that for a second because i've done my wife is a, a glamper she likes to do all the you know stay in a cabin or like a existing like permanent tent kind of thing at like some places that have them but yeah. uh, I've also done stuff where it's, you know, I'm lucky if I have a tarp going out yeah. in the middle of winter. I've done that. Uh, what is uh, what is it to be roughing it to you? Um, I Yeah, I'll usually have a, a full tent uh, um, and some food. Although one of my favorite memories has from up there has been like foraging for my own food um i caught like a couple fish and i found some uh wild blueberries blackberries and made a meal out of that i think that was really cool um but uh i guess for me roughing it is knowing that i don't really have a lifeline um or i feel like i'm kind of living on the edge where if something happens um kind of morbid but i would be screwed um but just having that like disconnect from the rest of the world um because when you're up there there's only a certain amount of people allowed on certain areas at the same time there's no motorized vehicles uh Uh, for some parts it's it's even like a no fly zone so there's like other than the um thunder boxes which are uh holes in the ground that you use for going to the bathroom um there's no sign at all of civilization and just yeah feeling like i'm completely separated from the rest of the world um and just living like that for a week i guess is what i would consider roughing it um yeah. So that's interesting. I, I've not gone that extreme. I've not gone where it's like, well, you know what? If I go, I'm just going to starve if I don't happen to find some kind of food. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I can't quite empathize on that one. Um, but I would love to try something like that. That sounds really interesting to me. I, I'm the one who wants to be doing all the crazy stuff. So I would love to go to Seer just because, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to fly, but that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Actually, I, I say uh, that now, but you know. <laughs> yeah, people have called me crazy for saying that I want to go through Seer, but honestly, that sounds like a blast. I mean, a, a really hard experience, yeah, but yeah. a blast nonetheless. Yeah, we, we got to hear some of the Seer stories in, in tech school and with a couple of friends that I know. Um, not like full stories, but just like little snippets of like, well, this is what it's really like it's not all fun and camping it's you know (laughs) 
it's serious. learning how to to avoid people to an extent that you know if, if you want to get into morbid seer is definitely probably more morbid than you're uh <laughs> going out and just foraging yeah 100 percent. yeah okay so would you ever do anything like that uh, you know that required seer like going airborne if that was off offered to you or would you only just want to do the cyber um yeah given the chance um that would be something i definitely would consider um i don't have perfect vision and i, I know you can get um waivers or corrective lenses yeah, yeah. and stuff but i didn't pass my depth perception so no i felt that I, pretty bad too yeah so if i want to sign up for a flying job i'll have to retake that um but yeah given the opportunity that it definitely would be something i would consider at least for um some period of time but uh -huh. yeah at the end of the day the cyber stuff is definitely my number one goal yeah. of what i want to be doing no of course and if that's your goal like it it's no one's job you know definitely not mine to try and convince you otherwise or say hey maybe you should do this instead uh just wondering if it was something you're open to if you're open to see at least so yeah yeah for sure okay so you had brought up your family for a second there um yeah. would you mind giving me a little more information about them all right yeah so i am the oldest of seven kids oh my god um, okay yeah it well so my parents have both remarried um so okay. in order of age there's me um my oldest stepbrother who's also in the air force he just got out to nevada um as a 3d um okay. he just finished tech school i think like two or three months ago um wow. and then next comes my sister she's my full sister um she's also going to liberty university in person <laughs> okay and then after that is my next oldest stepbrother um who's still in high school then my stepsister who's also in high school and then and they're all on my mom and stepdad's side of the family uh -huh. and then on my dad and stepmom's side of the family i have two pretty young brothers of five and one and a half <laughs> so it's like an 18 and a half year spread or something like that yeah um let's see yeah 18 sounds right somewhere around there that's um, crazy i i can't imagine like you know almost two decades later that's i don't yeah, know that blows my mind it, it's crazy um but I, you know, they're my family. I love them all. I, I yeah. really wouldn't have it any other way. Um, Do you see all really, seven of them? Um, yes, uh, not at the same time. Uh, but like, I, I feel very thankful to have been able to go home this last Christmas and uh -huh. I was able to see everyone, which is really nice. Um, my brother was able to go home on Exodus, which he didn't know if he'd be able to or not because he got to tech school really close to Christmas, but he was able to go home. Um, so it was really nice being able to see all of my family. Um, something that I miss uh, given with COVID because my brother actually just got married um, and his so they're they're already married, but they're having a wedding ceremony in June, and I still don't know if I'll be able to do fly to Nevada for that. So I'm holding on to hope, but we'll see how that pans out. Okay, so that's the first wedding in the family, I assume. Yes. Okay, that's awesome. I so I was the first wedding in my family, and okay. my in-laws offered my wife and I five thousand dollars if we would elope. Wow. Um, they so for context, she has a similar situation as you. Um, my wife is the youngest of ten, um, and the majority of them are half 
they're all at least half siblings, uh, but some of them are step siblings. So they kind okay. of don't really count. Yeah. They don't talk very much. So it's not like it's close or anything. But I think that my in-laws were just kind of tired of weddings. So they said, we'll give you $5,000 to elope. Um, and then I was like, I would love to just take the money and do this how we want to do it. But I'm the oldest on, you know, up for my mom. And I'm also the oldest grandchild on uh, my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family. Okay. So I was like, I don't really want to rob them of that. So we went through right. at the wedding. Um, and then I told my parents about that, like, two or three months after the wedding. And they're like, are you kidding me? We would have lopped on at least a couple thousand more if you guys had just left. <laughs> wow. a, little, a little broken up by that. Because if I knew that they were okay with that, I would have totally done it. And I didn't even think to, to communicate with them that that was something that we would, had been offered. Yeah, I, hindsight 2020. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I... That yeah, that's definitely an offer that I would take one hundred percent. But I know that everyone in my family, my parents, my step parents, my grandparents, they would well for starters, they would never offer that. Um <laughs> and even if I was, they would they um they would not be happy if that's what I chose to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So let's play a game with us for a second let's say that you were getting married to someone mm -hmm. um and you were offered we'll say eight thousand dollars what would you do with that eight thousand um our plan was to go to europe like we were just going to go for a month and just be like we'll do whatever we want we'll spend frivolously we both have jobs <laughs> we already have money as it is so let's just go and blow it doing whatever we want in europe yeah um, I guess my dream vacation is to go to New Zealand and okay. hike the, um, hike to the locations that the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit were filmed at. Um, okay. so if we can further assume that whoever I would be marrying would also enjoy the Lord of the Rings to the same extent that I do, then that would be awesome um but uh yeah i i guess that vacation um to new zealand would probably be it you're gonna need to go back to minnesota and find another one of those foragers because <laughs> i don't yeah. know i i don't know new zealand's geography and i don't know where the movies were shot exactly but i'm sure that that can't be a short trek no it's definitely not um <laughs> And the crazy thing is uh, Sean Bean, who plays Boromir in Lord of the Rings, yep. hated flying. And he personally hiked to all of the filming locations because that's how much he hated flying. That sounds terrible. Um, yeah. At least he, you know, probably has all of his stuff flown in and he's not <laughs> that worried about, you know, carrying a ton of stuff, all of armor and swords and stuff yeah yeah that'd be crazy doing that in like full character at the same time though can you imagine how badass that would be everyone oh, else is like flying around in like a little i don't know what they would fly in if it's like a helicopter or if it's like a you know small plane or commercial plane but you just see the one guy in the cast who's hiking along the mountains and just living it up yeah that would be Incredible. <laughs> okay. So you're a fan of Lord of the Rings. Yep. Any other uh, stuff that you like? Other stuff? Um let's see. I I really enjoy um Harry Potter, Star Wars, your typical sci-fi fantasy stuff. Okay. Um I I enjoyed reading Game of Thrones. I did not care for watching it. Mm -hmm. Um that's just me. I don't know. Um, I other things I do in my free time. Uh, if, if I'm not watching some of those movies or out hiking, um, I'll be playing video games with friends. Um, I have I have a friend here who's a 
uh, one and four, and we went to middle school together. Um, weirdly enough, we didn't really talk back then, but we had mutual friends. Um, so since we both got stationed here, um, we'll do a lot of uh, gaming together and with our friends back home. Okay. Um, so that's been an, a unique but really cool experience that I've had. Okay, so what kind of games do you usually play? Um, lately, I've been playing a lot of COD, um, although Minecraft's a classic that I will always go back to. Um, one game that I recently got is called Night Team 4, which puts you in the shoes of a white, hack ha a white hat hacker working for the government, which I think is really cool. Although 90% of the game is typing into a terminal. Um, so I feel like that's not something or a game that a lot of people would enjoy, but I, I definitely get satisfaction out of playing it. Um, so it's more of a, a typing practice program. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. But, it's probably an oversimplification, but still. Yeah, it, it's cool though. Like, um, it's all like made up storylines, but you still get to incorporate real things like um, open source Intel. Like you can, to go through the game, you would have to have Google on another screen and you're actively searching real life things. Oh, really? To yourself in the game, yeah. That's crazy. So okay. it, yeah, it's kind of like an augmented reality type thing almost but it's designed to be pretty accurate um so i've i've enjoyed playing that well it's great that you're you're diving in there and you're trying to do more than just the um you know more than just the study you're kind of i don't want to say you're doing it practically necessarily but you're um you know you're at least getting yourself more into that uh the mindset yeah yeah for sure um That's awesome. And to touch on like the um, like practical like hands-on uh, type thing in that field. Yeah, I, exactly. Um, I have been working on getting various certifications like Sec Plus, um, uh, CEH, which is Certified Ethical Hacker, um, and that's one thing. Being here, working in the Air Force, and also the agency is there's lots of opportunities for um, getting those certifications uh, paid for, or if not the certification paid for, at least getting some free education on those to help best prepare myself for when I actually do get the certification. So that's definitely been a blessing. Yeah, and you kind of have a leg up too, I feel, because you have, um all those people at your disposal, anyone who is in the building that does anything like that is going to be able to, you know, not, you know, not give you all the information or anything like that by any means, but just they'll be able to, you know, steer you in a direction, tell you what it is that might be worth searching and learning about. Um, yeah. So you're in a pretty good position. Yeah. I mean, I'm working next door to uh, the best people in the world. Uh, when it comes to some of this stuff. So that's, that's yeah. been really cool. Exactly. Um, a, a hobby of mine that I've recently gotten into is um, like ham radio. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like a lot of um, the stuff behind like amateur radio, I can talk to people who have been doing this for 30 years and have experience on both the high and the low sides. I mean, of course you can't use like high side. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Stuff on the low side, but just being able to have conversations with people about that sort of thing. Just it's about the experience being, of, of knowing how to operate ham radios and just their wealth of knowledge has got to be, you know, invaluable. Yeah, it, it's been really cool. It's It was something that I wanted to get into 
even before I joined, but then becoming a signals analyst, like how could, at that point, how could I say no to like pulling the trigger and actually really getting into this stuff? Yeah. So I feel like that's got to be a pretty, uh, I feel like ham radio operating must be a pretty common thing in Minnesota. Does that sound at all accurate to you? Um, not really that I'm aware of, actually. Um, okay. I know, like, truckers use CB radio a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I wasn't really able to get into it until after I joined. So I don't really know what the um, ham radio culture back in Minnesota really is. Um, <laughs> although... Uh, a really good friend of mine from high school he is going he's going to college at the university of university of minnesota duluth um uh-huh. and he's studying um signal theory and so he's been kind of getting into that so at least i know one person from back home who uh knows their signal stuff yeah sure sure so is there anywhere that you want to, that you wish that this job could take you um, as far as, you know, deployments go or um, just other bases? Yeah, I think it would be really cool to visit Korea. Um, I, yeah, I think that would be really cool to go to. Um, I think Alaska would be a blast to my um, uh my floor supervisor um is spent some time in alaska um uh-huh. as a one and two and the way he's talked about it i've it's, it sounds really cool to me i know um there's always there's also the alaskan bush which a lot of people camp there and i think that would be really cool to go camping up there so uh-huh. why not get stationed to alaska and go camping <laughs> yeah definitely yeah i keep trying to push australia for my wife and she's not having that she keeps saying everything yeah. wants to kill you in australia like you only are saying that because the internet told you to say that <laughs> i think it would be fun <laughs> yeah um yeah i think that australia too would be really cool um there's actually a show on netflix called pine gap and it's about the facility out there i thought it was a really interesting show um, I've heard about it, but I'm not sure I want, I don't know, for I'm, for some reason I'm turned off by the idea of it. I have no idea what that reason is. I just know it's just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get that. Like, you want to, after a long day of work, you don't want to go watch a TV show about work. So. You know, I, I've been thinking about that a little bit because my wife has been watching Grey's Anatomy like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, it just really makes me think. First off, there's no way that doctors want their lives to be as dramatic as this show is. Um, but also, I don't think that they. Yeah, yeah like you, there's no reason to be, you know, constantly having all this drama going on in your life. The idea is to, you know, have it good. Um, but I just, I don't feel like anybody who is a doctor like that would first want to watch the show because they know what real medicine practicing real medicine is like, but also because they don't want to have to deal with, Oh, this is what I would do. This is what I would do. Like you just, you know, it's kind of hard to get out of that work mindset sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, a friend of mine is going to school to be an engineer. um, And he's taken a lot of physics classes and he says he has an awful time watching like any action movie ever because <laughs> the physics are just so unrealistic and it drives him insane uh-huh. so yeah I, I definitely get that i can feel that one that one makes sense to me that's a part of the reason why you know when we were talking before about how do you have an idea of what it is and is that going to be different from what the job is and you know practicality uh it's just interesting to think that like you have all these different movies that are glorifying all these different positions. And it's like, really, that's, that's what you think this is going to be. Yeah. yeah. I think um, one of my favorite shows is Mr. Robot. 
And yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, from my very limited experience, um, and from reading like articles, that's actually the most accurate um, uh, piece of fiction when it comes to hacking-related things. Um, they, I, I read an article where they actually hired a team of um, cybersecurity and information security specialists um, onto the show to basically be like, okay, this is like reasonable. This is isn't reasonable. So you should maybe change that, kind of tweaking it so that it could be um, as realistic as possible but also maintaining some level of drama. I mean, it is a TV show. So. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's great. If you're willing to... I, I've, The show is unlike any other show, and I feel like a part of it is because of the realism it has. Um, like, just, just the first scene of the, the very beginning. I'm not giving anything away in case anybody wants to watch the show, but somebody... You're talking about the bandwidth that a small business operates on. Uh, and how anybody can see that kind of stuff. That's something I've, you know, I, I don't, I never use public Wi-Fi for that exact reason. Um, Same here. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's interesting that somebody actually took all that and they decided, let's do something grounded. We'll make it real. We'll make this honestly scary because we're going to show you what is a legitimate possibility as far as hacking goes. Um, yep. So I always appreciate that kind of stuff. Someone actually, I feel like that's the same way why, or the same reason why people like John Wick. Um, yeah. Not that it's all 100% accurate, but you go through and you're doing bullet counts and you look at a particular weapon and you say, yep, that's, that's accurate. You're going to have seven in the chamber for that. And seven in the chamber. I sound so dumb right now. Um, <laughs> seven in it, the magazine. Exactly. Yeah. Seven in the magazine. Um, so it's, I don't know, I just appreciate the, the attention to detail that certain people are willing to, um, put into their work. Yeah, I, I really, when it comes to different kinds of media, like TV or books or whatever, um, that's, I really like immersion and I feel like the best way to have, um, like a real good immersive experience is when someone is making with attention to detail, making sure that this is pretty realistic. Um, Cause like if you're, when you're unrealistic about things, then it kind of loses its, um, like if everything's the same, like keeping with the hacking example, like if, all of the hacking movies are with people who are super geniuses who can hack into anything in seconds. Like it starts to become lackluster and it feels yeah. it's immersion breaking. But when you have the people there make like going through the process of saying like, Hey, this is pretty accurate. It feels a lot more real and a lot more interesting because of the realness to it, at least in my opinion. No, I, I definitely understand that agree. I, I'm going to out myself right now. I'm going to make a lot of enemies. I am not a superhero movie type person. Yeah. But I went, you know, I, I watched them when everything was kind of ramping up and starting. And my end point with a lot of those movies was really the first Avengers movie. Um, okay. I by no means expected that to be um, accurate in any possible sense of the word but i have a, a hard time with superheroes specifically because they do such super things that it's hard to tell at what point in time they actually have to exert themselves and what's actually difficult um besides you know the camera doing a close-up of their war face like yeah yeah uh, I, I get you I mean yeah on top of that i'm gonna address one other gripe with that movie I felt like the entire plot of the movie was undercut by the characters because everyone didn't like each other in the beginning. And then mm -hmm. 
some bad stuff happens and they realize that they're not going to be able to win. And then they just decide, you know what? Maybe we should just work together instead. It's like yeah. it, the entire movie is a team building exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty fair description. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to see like a superhero movie where, yeah, they hate each other and they can't work together because of it. And then they all lose just like, like, I don't know, something new. No, like, no, no, I feel that. I, that's why I like um, Coen Brother movies. Um, I, I feel like the, the idea of like, um, what is it called? Burn After Reading. The people, for the most part, are very real people in that movie. Um, and they're all, they all have their goals that they're trying to accomplish. And they're going to step on each other. And that's just how it's going to be. So everyone is self-motivated, which is nice because then you don't have to worry about, you know, people wondering if Black Widow is really a Russian spy throughout all of Avengers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but then you just, you know, it's it's nice to be able to just be like, you know what, you get what you want, you get what you want, and we'll see what happens. It's probably not going to happen, but that's okay. It's a part of the fun of it. Yeah, I mean, that's life. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But, although my gripes aside, I still, I do have to say, I enjoy a superhero movie every once in a while. Um, my uh, my first PG thir- I don't I don't even know if it's PG thirteen, but like I don't know. My first like kind of real more gritty action movie was the original Iron Man and Okay. I think I watched it like oh, the year it came out. I don't know when that was, but ever since then I've I'll watch anything with Iron Man in it. So You're dating me right now. That's I I've been pushed into the the old crusty category now. I think my first was uh, I think I I skipped PG thirteen and went straight into R on accident. And I think my first like gritty one was Braveheart. Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic <laughs> movie. It's a great um, movie. I don't think yeah. as a kid you would I understood it by any means, but I remember seeing the fights and stuff like that but uh yeah. that one or maybe the matrix the matrix is a classic love the matrix have you seen the stuff about the new one that's being filmed no i had no idea they were coming out with a new one they have a new one and they have i think Keanu reads is still on board for it but they have um images you can find online where they were shooting in san francisco Okay. And they're like jumping off of buildings and yeah, give it a look. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I will definitely be looking that up. That's really <laughs> cool. Well, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Um well let's start winding things down a little bit. All right. Um there's a couple questions I like to ask at the end of one of these interviews. Okay. Number one, what are you grateful for? What am I grateful for? Um, given that this is a squadron podcast, I will start off by saying something that I'm grateful for relating to the Air Force, and that has got to be the camaraderie of being in the service. Um, it's something that has always blown my mind. Um, where being in the military um you can meet someone that you would never have well never have met in the first place but it might even be like a kind of person that you would never hang out with but then having the shared experience of being in the military you can become immediate friends and that's just I feel like that's something that is very rare um, on the civilian side of things. And it's always something that I've been really grateful for. Um, That's a good one. If you had to, though, do you have a a non-Air Force answer as well? Yeah, yeah. Now that I have the Air Force (laughs) Coolio. 
think um, one thing that I've been pretty grateful for is um, my family. I know that's a really cheesy uh, <laughs> answer, um, but uh, yeah, like as we talked about, I have a, a really large family um, and it's not, we've not always been like in the best of places. Um, like there was a time where I didn't talk to my dad for almost a year, but um, I really worked on um, like spending time with my family and um, I've really grown to love all of them. I know that's something that in uh, split families or with like step siblings or half siblings, not everyone has that. And I'm really grateful that I can look at all of my siblings and uh, just be able to love them and know them well. Um, that's always something that I've definitely really been grateful for. That's awesome. Uh, next question is, what are you proud of? What am I proud of? Um, all right. So I guess I'll preface this with saying, um, when I'm asked what I'm proud of, I, I have a specific thing, but it's, um, it's religious. So I don't know if, no, that's totally that's fine. Kind of like, no, okay. you, religion um, is a part of you. So that's not off topic by any means. Yeah. Um, so before I joined the summer before I was working at a, uh, a camp, um, it was a, a Christian camp. And I was a I was a counselor there, and I had the opportunity to work with a, a lot of kids who didn't really know where they were at with their um, religious walks in life. And something that I've been proud of has been able to be um, someone in their life who can help guide them in their spiritual walks. Um, and it's something that I feel like I definitely grew spiritually helping them. Um, they grew, I grew, and knowing that I was able to help them with that is something that I've always been proud of. That's awesome. No, I, I really like that. That uh, tells me something about your character, definitely. All right. Um, lastly, what advice would you give to others? Now, I, in the past, I have made this question about, um, you know, someone being a junior or uh, younger than you in age. I want to do away with that. And I feel like advice doesn't need to be given to only people who are junior, you in age or rank. So however, whoever it is that you want to advise, um, just go ahead and spit it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I guess I would say, um, and yeah, this applies to everyone, like older than you, younger than you, above or below ranking you, even um, uh, like equals um, or like completely separated in terms of like uh, some kind of like chain. Yeah. But um, I would really recommend focusing on being able to communicate well. Um, I feel like that's something that's really important um, and that lacking in communication skills can be um, pretty detrimental. Detriment. You know the word I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, you're, you're detrimental. Um, Yes. Um, it can be yeah, um, detrimental to um, whether, like relationships, whether if it's like personal, familial or work relationships um, and being like needing to communicate with one another about 
all facets facets of life I think is really important um, and kind of circling back to like the, the family thing um, like I didn't talk to my dad for a year but then working on opening up that line of communication again is what really helped us um, grow together um, I, I would say yeah communication is definitely one of the um, more important skills to have in life um, being able to represent what you're thinking um, and being able to receive what other people are thinking um, and yeah good communication makes everything a lot more cohesive which is really good that's great no i i completely agree i think that communication is paramount um okay so that's it for the the interview that i have for you one last thing i like to do um is takeaways where i just kind of sum up how i feel about you based on this interview um okay. and i will say i'm impressed um you have goals for yourself and they're not easy goals not only are you diving into your your work and your AFSC now, but you want to you see what you want to do and you have a clear idea with a game plan in mind. You're trying to get your cyber stuff all taken care of. And even on top of that, you still want to open up your own company to do that. Um, I don't know what kind of you know entrepreneurial experience you have, if any. But just based on your goals, there's a lot to be said about um, about your character because a lot of people would be happy just getting into that career field, but you want more than that, which I definitely commend you on. Um, your I can definitely tell that you have morals and you have standards that um, you try to hold yourself to most definitely. Uh, definitely evident in your large family um and with your um religious background um being able to help someone else out is a lot harder than just being able to manage yourself yeah so that's uh that's what i think <laughs> all right thank you for such a a glowing um uh what's the word uh, glowing review <laughs> <laughs> well you're welcome I'd like to do it for everyone. Um, very last thing we'll do, not very last thing, um, but do you have any kind of causes or um, just anything that you want to plug? Uh, like causes. Um, yeah, I, um, I got, yeah, like an easy thing to mention right now is what's going down in, um, my home state with uh, um, George Floyd's passing. Um, I, yeah, I definitely think that there are, um, there's some issues going on um, and a lot of, uh, there's been racial tension from the start of our country. Um, and I, it's really important to me that everyone can take a step back and just recognize everyone else as humans and treat everyone accordingly. Um, I think that's uh, important to me. Um, and I know this isn't really like stepping out and supporting like a specific cause or like a, a group or whatever, but um, I think anything that works towards recognizing everyone as equals is important. So, yeah. I 100% agree. Um, neither I nor uh, Aaron Thompson Merriman or you know speak on behalf of the Air Force by any means, um, but we do definitely share the same message about that. Um, people are people, regardless of anything, honestly. Um, so make sure you're treating them with that kind of respect. I would encourage everyone who might be listening to read through Chief Master Sergeant Wright's comments that he had posted last night, which was uh, June 1st. 
very powerful stuff. I really loved how he stepped out and he gave his perspective, um, not as uh, Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, but as uh, a human being. Um, I think that we could all do very well to emulate him and uh, what he has stood for. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, everybody, that has been it for Spotlight 32 for today. If you want to be a part of the program, you can email to spotlight32podcast at gmail.com. We do also take questions that you might want asked in the future to other people, as well as suggestions to make the show better. Thank you guys and have a good one. Thank you for your time.